Hello and welcome to Witchy Wellness Radio. I'm your host, Lauren Cholantani, women's holistic health coach and fellow recovering perfectionist. This podcast was created to show you that your body is not in the way, it is actually leading your way. I am very particular about the type of CBD and hemp products that I use. There's so much hype and lack of testing and quality in the industry. So the company that I love and use is Evo Hemp. Not only do they have a beautiful product like hemp seeds, CBD oil, gummies, even hemp chocolate, protein bars, protein powder. They also support a 40-acre co-op farm in Minnesota, which is farmer-owned, focusing on bringing quality and innovation back to Black, Indigenous, and other socially disadvantaged farmers. So if you are looking into trying any type of CBD or hemp products, head over to evohemp.com. The link is in the show notes and make sure you use code witchy, W-I-C-T-H-Y for 20% off of your purchase. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Witchy Wellness Radio. Again, I am your host, Lauren, and this is a show you learn how your body and emotions are not in the way they're actually leading your way. And we have the lovely guest, Nina Taylor here. She is a cosmic intuitive plant medicine advocate and mom of two grown boys. She lives in the woods, stewarding a 90 acre forest in Southern Ontario with her adorable dog, Aster, I must say. (laughs) And over the course of 30 years, Nina has studied a broad spectrum of alternative healthcare practices, including nutrition, massage therapy, Reiki, yoga, herbology, and homeopathy, um, psychotropic plant medicines, astrology, shadow work, soul retrieval, and holistic health coaching, which is how we connected way back when. Um, Nina has distilled her decades of training and self-studying experiences into consulting practice devoted into guiding folks back home to themselves, to the truth of who they are. Nina offers one-on-one consultations and leads international group trainings, always in service of our collective evolution. That is a beautiful, beautiful, juicy intro. I'm so excited to have you on here, Nina. Welcome. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. And it's so good to connect with you after all these years. I know, I know, (laughs) I know. And I know that you have quite a story. I know we talked off air of your own heroine's journey. Like you have so many passions and, and wisdom in so many different areas. Briefly whatever you call be called to share, or maybe not briefly, maybe that's just our whole show. I don't, you know, whatever you feel called. How did you get into all this beautiful work? Well, I think I was always interested. I mean, I grew up in a very um, unconventional household. And so astrology was just, you know, everyday conversation there. My mom was a university student when I was younger. And so there were tons of, she was in a fine arts program. So there were tons of, uh, beautiful books to peruse and she was a feminist. So there was definitely just an alternative way of living and thinking that, provided me with the freedom to really explore whatever I was interested in rather than feeling like I needed to follow some sort of 
um, pre-designed path. And when I was 16, I decided I, I watched this really powerful documentary called Baraka and it was so moving for me that I decided I couldn't eat meat anymore. I was so traumatized by the, um, the way that they portrayed the industrial, I don't know what you call it actually, but the farming industry and the way they were treating these little baby chicks going down this conveyor belt and singeing their beaks off. And my mom said, well, if you're going to be a vegetarian, you need to read all these books. And she plunked down all these books on the table for me to explore so that I didn't, because she had been really anemic and she didn't want me to be imbalanced in this alternative way, what appeared to be an alternative way of eating. And that was the beginning. I just started studying nutrition and started to recognize the impact that food had on my body and started to view food as medicine. And then I, I left home and I lived nomadically for quite a few years. And while I was sort of living on the road and traveling all over the place, I got pregnant as a 19 year old and had a baby. Um, and that was really transformative too, because I was on the road. So I didn't have um, access to a regular doctor. And uh, so I started studying alternative medicine and um, that's where homeopathy came in. That's what I kind of raised my boys with and herbology. And all throughout that time, I was reading and studying astrology. I was reading people's charts and studying astrology, but I never thought that that was anything that I was going to offer. And um, it was really the birth of my son. I was so eager to understand him and so impatient to wait for him to be able to communicate with me um, that I just started studying his chart. And through that experience of getting to know him that way first and being able to meet him in his, you know, more inherent way, rather than how I would have been more inclined to engage with him, to just be like more respectful of the energies that he came into the world with. I, um, I realized that we all, I started to tap into the fact that we all are so uniquely different and we've come with these celestial gifts and it opened me up to being more compassionate, more, um, yeah, more understanding. And so that is sort of a broad stroke of my trajectory, but it was through my children, through my, thanks to my mom that I kind of came to uh, natural medicine because essential oils are a huge part of my life now. And also, um, astrology, I actually had to get pushed out of the nest with astrology because I never thought that I could make money doing the thing that came so naturally to me. And I think that's a huge piece of my, uh, journey is recognizing that what comes most naturally to us, what is most inherent, um, can also be our pathway to abundance and prosperity. And I think we're hardwired to believe that if it's not hard, then it's not a value. I think a lot of people are hardwired that way, not everybody. And um, certainly I was, that if I wasn't, you know, struggling with my work, then I, um, then it wasn't a value. And so all of the things that came easiest to me, it took me until my forties to really allow those things to, um, 
be, you know, how I earned my living. Um, so I went through many years of putting on all of these other jobs. Like I've been an interior designer. I've worked in um, lots of health food stores, lots of retail, was a home stager, worked as a chef in the Arctic. Uh, I've done a lot of things <laughs> to just finally circle back to this place of recognizing um, that what I was doing when I was little, what I what has come naturally to me is actually um, what I was what I was born to do, and I think that's true for all of us. And in my readings, that's what that's sort of the juice of of a reading is reminding people of their inherent nature and what they really are here for, you know, given the celestial energies they're branded with. Yeah. And I've had a reading and I have to agree with that. I was very, you know, some things you're like, okay, that makes sense. But sometimes like, oh, wow. I never looked at it that way. It, it's so easy. That comes so naturally to me. And you never, you never give yourself the opportunity to appreciate those parts of yourself sometimes. And Totally. We take for granted the ease, you know, all of the things that we're naturally gifted at, they, because of that conditioning, they don't, we don't recognize them as having value. And in fact, sometimes we don't even recognize them at all. We just, everybody is that way. Like that's just like, and that's the biggest heartbreak for me when people aren't leveraging their gifts and being an expression of their inherent nature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a post-it down on my desk that reminds me of this. I, it says, this is simple, this is easy, and this is fun. And <laughs> very Sagittarius. Very <laughs> Sagittarius of me. I know, I know, I know. Yeah. But that reminded me of it. Like just, yeah. yeah, our inherent gifts, but life in general, you know, just totally. to have that perspective and wanted to kind of talk about, speaking of perceptions, your perception of astrology. Like I know we all know that, the Cosmo magazine or, you know, version of astrology readings for what, what sun sign you are. And it's so much more than that. And Mm -hmm. also I'd love to hear your, your perception of it. And then the patriarchal kind of um, lens that it's, it's viewed, it's been viewed as, and how we can get back more to those inherent gifts and how your, your approach is different. Mm-hmm. Well, the horoscopes, I mean, they kind of give astrology a bad rap just because, I mean, we're all so uniquely influenced by the cosmos um, and really just paying attention to someone's sun sign and trying to give some predictive information about that sun placement Um Sometimes, you know, sometimes it can be bang on, (laughs) but it's just, it's really such a small part of the full spectrum of a person. So when you're, what I look at is a natal chart, which is a snapshot of the cosmos, the moment you're born. And it's my belief that we choose that moment. And those are from a soul perspective. Those are the energies that we set ourselves up with those cosmic forces, the energies of the planet, just like, you know, you you are in conversation with somebody and you can feel or sense their energy 
or you walk into a house and you kind of get a feel, a sense of the energy of the house. Everything has its own energy and so do all the planets and where they're positioned at the moment we're born, they influence us. They, they infuse us or brand us with a very distinct blueprint of, or an energetic grid or pattern. And that natal chart lets us know really the from a soul perspective what we came here to work with but not to i think there's also this misunderstanding that um we're there's a limitation with that needle charter that that's all we are and that's totally not true from my perspective from my perspective it's really just a map to your own unlocking you know to your own um mini awakenings that can happen all day long every day so it lets you know the areas of your life that are um, being influenced by certain energies and how those energies are being expressed through you. Um, and then over the last few thousand years um, with traditional astrology, really because it has come from a patriarchal lens, we've lost a lot of the... Um, the potency really in the languaging that we use with some astrology. So like we are always evolving as humans, we're always growing and changing and transforming. Astrology also in our understanding of it is always evolving and growing and changing. And so I feel like there is a much broader, newer understanding of um, not only the signs, but the planetary energies themselves and how they influence us. And I feel like understanding, having an awareness of your natal chart gives you the opportunity to have an understanding of your true potential. And then also how you can um, expand even beyond that potential. So to not be limited by that, that natal chart. Yeah, it's a beautiful experience. I'm sure a lot of listeners have had their chart read or at least looked it up. Um, you are listening to Witchy Wellness after all. <laughs> uh, so I, I just make a few assumptions here if I don't mind. Um, but could you kind of walk us through like, yeah, we mainstream society, we know the sun sign. What are some other things, other planets and yeah, yeah that we can look out for? So the sun sign is valuable. It's really the fuel for your life. The sun is your conscious identity. So it's the parts of yourself that you can recognize that you see. It's also a representation of where you radiate, you know, like the sun where you shine. But the moon placement and Mercury to me are equally, if not more important. So the moon representing your emotions so how you relate to others from an emotional perspective, your emotional intelligence also, uh, it gives sort of a window into your subconscious tendencies or um, behaviors. And then the Mercury placement in your chart. So all the planets, I think I'll just actually back up a little bit. The planets are the energy source, right? So the sun, is a representation of your fuel. The moon is a representation of your emotions, but then those planets are expressed through a sign 
And there's 12 signs that they can be expressed through. So the sun, when it's expressed through a sign, then that is the illuminated part of your consciousness, whatever that sign is. In our case, it's Sagittarius. <laughs> By the way, we have the same birthday, everybody. I forgot to mention it. I was going to say twins. early. We're birthday twins. <laughs> Just maybe like a decade apart, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. I love that. I find that there is a similarity between all the people that I know that have this same birthday, this magical day, magical day. It's a good day. Um, And then the moon can also be expressed through any of the 12 signs and Mercury. Mercury is the planet of the mind. It's how you think, how you communicate, how you share your ideas, how you, it can influence how you learn. So understanding your Mercury placement can liberate you from any, you know, self-depreciating stories that you may be telling yourself about how you show up in conversation or how you, um, you know, like you may tell yourself that you're not communicating the way that you should be, or you're not, um, you know, cause we compare ourselves and, and we have such a limited view from our culture, from society of what is of how to be, quote unquote, successful in your, in any aspect of your life. But right now let's just stay with communication. So in the way that you're communicating, but if you understand your mercury placement, then it liberates you from needing to communicate in a certain way and gives you permission to be, uh, to embrace your authenticity and your natural way of showing up in conversation and communication. But it also can show you all of the shadow aspects of your own thinking. And so when I work with astrology, I'm always working with the exalted expression and the shadow expression. So the exalted being the most evolved expression of that sign and the shadow expression being the wounded expression of that sign. And so you can gauge like, am I being in my wound right now in how I'm communicating or how I'm thinking, or am I being in this exalted expression? And we're always cycling. We're never, you know, it's not like, oh, now I'm, I'm in, I've achieved the exalted expression. I'm going to be here forever. Anytime you're, a wound gets activated then you cycle back into those shadow expressions of that sign. And that's why I actually work with essential oils and pair essential oils with, with astrology, because there is a frequency match between certain plants and certain signs and planets. And so you can help to heal the, the wounds, the shadow expressions and move in the direction of the exalted expression by working with whatever plant, or in my case, essential oil. Um, is a match to the exalted expression. Yeah, you guys can probably have a lot of similarities between us. <laughs> we love the oils and yeah, the plant medicine that, yeah, that vibrationally, yeah, that emotionally, spiritually healing yeah. for me, oils have been pivotal. Yeah. Totally. Pivotal. And it, it's interesting for me intuitively what I am drawn to and like based on what, I'm working through or holding space for, it's always like, of course, of course I'm drawn to X, Y, Z um, without going in, you know, whole, this is a whole network podcast episode, but what are some like top essential oils in terms of astrology mm. speaking that like people might want maybe know more about? 
Yeah. Um, this is a whole other podcast. Yes. Yeah, so I know. I know. I know. I'm like, I am opening Pandora's box. Yeah, totally. Totally. There, I, I work with two to three oils for each sign. So, um, for Sagittarius, for example, uh, I would say that the three oils that I think are most, um, influential in transforming the, the shadow aspects of Sagittarius and also for enhancing the exalted would be coriander, the oil of self-integrity, because that's a very important piece for Sagittarius to maintain integrity. Um, rosemary for the expansion that it offers. So the way that it, it, it lends adaptability to the mind. It allows the mind to be a little bit more um, fluid and expansive. Also great for anyone with any learning challenges. Rosemary really helps um, stimulate the mind in a way that opens you to more easeful integration of information. And then um, frankincense, the oil of truth, because um, Sagittarius is really in its exalted expression is the prophet, like is looking, is, is wanting to expand consciousness, is wanting to think outside the box and be an expression of the, a different, bigger, broader view. And um, frankincense allows us to stay grounded and centered in that while um, becoming more of an authority or in uh, a more mature relationship with our connection to our truths or even universal truths. And so there's, that's, you know, each sign has a few oils that, and probably more than a few, but I've just oh, sort yeah. of, the ones that have come to me intuitively, um, all right, there's usually two or three that I work with. Beautiful. But also in terms of the planetary energies, back to that question. So you also want to consider your rising sign. That's how you're um, really how people are perceiving you or how you're comfortable being perceived by others. And then if you're thinking about you in relationship with people, like your chemistry with someone or your um the way that you love or want to be loved or your, your unique brand of desire, then that would be Mars and Venus. Venus being the planet of love and beauty and relating and Mars being really, it's where we find our courage. It's what calls us to take action. It's um, our sacred warrior planet. And so, and it's also the an, a representation of our masculine and feminine within. So it's that yin yang expression of, of Mars and Venus. Um, so that's always fun if you're like, you know, getting to know somebody. I was just going to be, yeah, I was just going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> that you may want to be intimate with. Then the sun sign is really the least important thing from my perspective that you would be looking at you. Instead, you want to understand, like, am I going to be able to communicate with this person? Yeah. So then you want to look at the Mercury and are our Mercury's compatible and you can determine whether or not there's compatibility based on the element of the sign. So each sign, there are four elements and each sign is uh, expressed or understood as having a, an element 
associated with it. So again, I'll go back to Sagittarius, which is a fire sign. So then of course, if you were merging with somebody who also had a fire sign mind, then you, there would be so much inspiration in your communication or with someone who had an air sign mind, then it would be more about, uh, like there would be a lot of fuel for that inspiration, right? You think of air fueling the fire. Um, an earth sign mind would be more logical, linear, grounded. So there might be a little bit more tension between a fire and earth, or it might create stability. Um, and then water, fire and water. The fire sign mercuries tend to be a little bit too pointed or abrupt or um, direct or sharp for a water sign mind, you know, water being very emotional and, and sensitive. So th- number one, mercury, check your mercury. If you are, you know, wanting to have healthy communication within your relationship or easeful communication, number two, check moon, your moon placement. Do you relate emotionally? Do you, do you have the capacity to understand each other's emotional landscapes and then Mars and Venus. What's your sexual chemistry going to be like? What's your intimate, what are your intimate experiences going to be like? Do you share the same values? That's Venus. Do you um, have the same kind of energy, Mars, like in terms of how you engage with life? Like, do you have a lot of gusto or would you rather just be like, you know, you work your day and maybe just sit on the couch after and snuggle like what's your what's the vibe or do you want to like be adventuring and out in the world that would be mars i always actually say that mars is the planet that expresses itself when you show up at a party like if you walk into a room full of people that maybe you don't know then it's your mars that kind of presents itself (laughs) amazing and you guys can tell like Nina has a beautiful wealth of knowledge and perspective on all of this and you know I I like to research this and I you know I have my own chart and I will read here and there but like talk to us about what a reading is like and you also offer some programs too but that just the experience of you deep diving and like the way that you have these beautiful connections and it it just all flows so beautiful together. Yeah. So I don't think I do readings in a conventional format as per usual (laughs) in that I don't actually cover the the planets that we're most familiar with. So everything that I just talked about, that's not what I cover in a reading. (laughs) You can research, you can research yourself. I mean, if that's what you want to know, actually it depends on the age of the person I'm giving the reading to. So if you're, um, you know, early twenties or younger, then I do focus on all of those aspects because really you're still figuring yourself out. But if you've gone through your first astrological rite of passage, which is your Saturn return, we all go through it 29 years old. And it really, from an astrological perspective is when you become, you are initiated into adulthood. So if you've gone through your Saturn return, then there, then I give you my standard intro, like initial reading, which is I cover Chiron. Chiron is the wounded healer, master teacher. So it lets us know the area of our lives where we're going to be doing the most growing. 
where we have the potential for mastery. But if we don't have awareness of that area, then we can avoid it our whole lives and really not move into the masterful expression of that particular placement because we're kind of hardwired to avoid discomfort, to avoid pain. So I like to give people an awareness of their chiron so that they can hopefully shift their perspective around their own healing journey and take the reins, you know, like really be empowered in their experience. Uh, like, cause we choose, we choose this particular wound, whatever your Chiron is in the house that it's in. It's what you came here to be an expression of. You came here to heal it. And in your journey of healing, you acquire or access all of this wisdom um, through your own experience so that you can help unlock that for other people. So, and also Chiron is the bridge to our higher consciousness. So when you're, when you're aware of your Chiron placement, then you're also giving yourself the opportunity to tap into your intuition, to, to embody your divinity. It's just, it expands your experience of life. And then I focus on the North and South node. So the North node being your soul's intention. So not from a career perspective necessarily, more from the qualities and characteristics that you came here to be an expression of. And then the South node directly opposite your North node is a representation of your subconscious tendencies. So the ways that you may be self-sabotaging or you may be delaying your progress. And so that part, I keep super pragmatic and I just give a list for each. You get a list for your North node attributes to develop and a list for your South node tendencies to leave behind. And then I cover if there's time, because sometimes, you know, depending on how engaged who, who, whomever is receiving the reading, if they're like really participating in the experience, then there might not be time for um, this last part of the reading, which is to focus on some of the inherent gifts. And again, everything within a chart from my perspective is a gift. There, it's the celestial energy that we've been gifted with to help support our experience here on earth. And some of those gifts are easeful. Some of those gifts are challenging, but they're all in service of our self-realization and our evolution. So I, and like we were saying at the beginning, sometimes we don't have any understand, or we don't, we just can't see our inherent gifts, our inherent value. And so I like to speak to them so that that remembrance can happen. And also in a reading, I'm never actually saying anything that you don't already know, really. So what, what I've heard, the feedback that I get most often is that I, people feel um, validated, they feel seen, they feel it, it's like one of the biggest permission slips for them to be you know, for all of the, the, the little nudges that they've had or the whispers of who they truly are that they've been hearing their whole lives, suddenly because they're being voiced to them, <laughs> it gives them permission to, to really own and claim their, um, their inherent nature. And that can free you from the false conditionings that we inevitably grow up with, you know, if you, if you're, 
if you have parents, <laughs> you've been conditioned away from some of your nature inevitably no matter how fabulous your parents are if you have if you've been in the school system you've been conditioned away from your inherent nature to some degree uh you know if you grew up in a society <laughs> so we've all we all acquire some conditioning that ends up limiting our capacity or um, instilling fear within us, um, or those, you know, self-depreciating thoughts, that's where they come from. So a, a reading, an initial reading is a window into your home frequency, basically, like into the essence of who you are. And then what you choose to do with that is entirely up to you. <laughs> Amen. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I'm just thinking, I think I have ours recorded on my phone still. I might need to go re-listen re to it after this. And sometimes I feel like people have the perception that astrology is something more predictive or like Good set point. in stone. Yeah. What, what do you, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So I actually, Though there are two branches of astrology. There's predictive astrology, which is what we're, you know, mainstream is most familiar with. That's what a horoscope is. That's, you know, all of the fantastic memes that we see on our social platforms. But that's all predictive astrology. That's really speaking to the planetary energies that we're experiencing now and into the future. So what I work with mostly is natal astrology. So I look at the energy that you've come into the world with because it matter it does not matter what's happening in the cosmos right now if you're not being an authentic expression of the energies that you came into the world with. You can get all the intel you want about what's going on in the cosmos right now, but it's you, you're not going to have a re, an accurate reading of how it's influencing you if you're not first aware of how you're how you're showing up how far away you are from the energies that you come into the world with the authentic expression of them how much of your experience is coming from fear based or shadow um, wounded expression so yeah i i'm much more focused on guiding people back home to to themselves to the you know, to their essence. I love predictive astrology. Um, and I work with it for my workshops. Like when I'm, um, in terms of my own work, like when I'm offering programs, when I'm offering work, I look at what's happening in the cosmos to book my dates, to figure out what would be the most beneficial time for me and the people who might be participating. But that's kind of it. And also because I'm a cosmic intuitive more so than an astrologer, um, I like to feel the energies. So in the same way that you just mentioned earlier that you, you know, you'll be going through something in your life and you'll intuitively choose some oils and then you'll be like, oh yeah, that makes sense that I chose those oils because they're really supportive of this thing. Well, that's what I do with, with my experience of cosmic energy. I'll, you know, I, I track how it feels in my body. So 
that I have an embodied awareness of the celestial energies so that I can feel them and how they are moving through me. So like when the moon is void, of course, that feels very, it's a very clear, uh, it's a distinct experience in my body when the moon is void, of course. And I, I know that it's void, of course, without often having to check the ephemeris to see what's going on. And, um, yeah, same, same with the plant. I have more fun doing that than looking because I feel like it can get really cerebral. You know, if you're just looking at the ephemeris all the time and you're tracking where everything is going and you're predicting how, what that is going to look like for others. I'm not at one point in time in my life that that was fun for me to be in my head in that way. And it's not fun for me anymore to do that. I way rather be in flow with my life. And if I'm bumping up against something challenging, then I might look something up to see just so that I can um, better work with the energy really. Yeah. Yeah. I totally, totally agree. And thank you for explaining that for us all because yeah, the intuitive nature I think getting a reading like this helps you understand your own intuitive nature more mm-hmm. and how, what, you know, what, how to focus and tune into that and find your own inherent gifts. And that's where your deeper power lies. And there's so much untapped potential. I want to say potential because that's not the right word power that's already here. Mm-hmm. Just based on not living our authentic selves. Totally. Totally. And when we're trying to track it all with our minds, when we're in, you know, when we're trying to figure it all out, (laughs) we're trying to figure everything out. um, We're missing the point a lot of the time, which is just to be in the experience of it. Right. It's like an avoidance. It's a, it's a way of not being in your body of not being engaged with the rhythm of the moment and with yourself, with yourself. And it's fun. Like I inherently, there are people who are here to be investigative, you know, and to do that studying and that research and to figure stuff out. And I think there was a a portion of my life where that was really what I was, um, what drove me, you know, like it was, it's what moved me forward. And so I'm, I don't want to diminish the value of that. Um, but I think because it is valuable. And if that's where you as a listener are at in your own life, there's nothing, I don't mean to make that, to make that sound wrong. Cause there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but there is also, I think, an, a value and a recognition of balancing that inner listening, that inner attunement, that inner awareness, instead of always seeking the information outside of yourself. So just balancing both. Seek, look for it outside of yourself, then observe. Then take a moment to see how that's playing out for you in your body and be in the, you know, integrate the information that you sought out and, and be with yourself. I think it's, I think, like you said, you used the word power. And I think that's where our power comes from is our willingness to be with ourselves. <laughs> yeah. 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 Put it simply, but also sometimes 
Easier said than done. Totally. Yeah. And that's where the oils come in handy because, you know, we have this olfactory bulb where we process aromas that sits right there with our limbic system where we experience emotion. And so they can just immediately influence our state of being. Yeah. Just with a simple inhale. (laughs) Yeah. And that's it. I need to go put some more oils on after this. <laughs> I just love them, love them. I have for, they, they help you shift into that vibration. I mean, you're like physically, emotionally, but for me, it's like they're the support, another type of support system, right? Totally. They're, they're encouraging you to be present with yourself. They're mm-hmm. encouraging you and supporting you to do the work. Totally. It's not a band aid though. <laughs> No, no. Although sometimes they do do the work for you. Yes. Yes. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of my most profound experiences with, with essential oils was um, transforming my fear of public speaking, mm-hmm. which was one of my hugest fears to the point that my whole body would shake. Like there would be the nerve, the nervousness would be so intense that my whole body would shake. My voice would shake. And I was, you know, like I ended up being a yoga teacher. <laughs> so I'd have to get up and speak in front of people and lead classes all the time. Um, fortunately that's also around the time that the oils came into my life. And so I made myself uh, a speaker's blend, which was vetiver, spearmint, lavender, and bergamot. And, um, I put that on the soles of my feet every day for a couple of weeks. And then I forgot to put it on one day and got to my yoga class that I was about to teach and realized, I was like, oh my, I forgot to put my blend on. And I thought I, cause I had kind of moved through. I wasn't like nervous anymore. Right. But over the course of those few weeks, I was like, no problem. I can totally do this. And, but then I, I thought that it was the blend that was making that possible for me, but it had already trans it had already transformed so that when I realized I didn't have it, I stood up and I was like, Oh no, I'm actually, I'm actually okay. I'm not freaking out right now. I'm not shaking. I'm not, my voice isn't shaking. And the lesson that I learned from that was that it's a two pronged process. Mm. So the oils support you. Like you said, it's a support system. They support you. And then we still have to step into the fear and do the action. And then that's what facilitates the transformation. Yeah. Which, and that, I mean, this is true for all of us. It's been my experience to witness and also personally that whatever it is that we're avoiding the most or most afraid of is almost always the thing we're here to do. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm laughing. I'm laughing at that. Yep. Yep. Going through a lot of transitions in my life right now. And I'm like, yep, 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 yep. Yep. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. And you know, it took me 43, 44 years maybe to, to own that. Like, Oh, I actually, when I get up and speak, in front of people, it gives me the opportunity to channel um, my heart, yeah. like channel knowledge that I really feel so 
revitalized in sharing. And, and I could have spent the rest of my life just telling myself that story that, oh, no, no, I cannot do that. I'm terrified of that. It's the thing I'm most afraid of. When in fact, it's the most exhilarating thing. <laughs> and now I love it so much to just be given the opportunity to like, yeah, it's rare that I'm actually um, sharing like knowledge that I've acquired. It's more just that I allow, I just open up to let my intuition speak for me, <laughs> let the information come through. And that's why you do so well. This episode has been so lovely. It just, you tap into that intuitive part. And that's why I love doing this too, is like seeing that process in other people, but also me listening and things that come up for me that I, you know, how to move through the conversation. It's yeah. You're first dancing. you're dancing. You're right. It's this energetic dance and co-creation of like what, what vibration are we tuning into to bring forth and like mm. from the ethers out into the airwaves here. So it's, it's an honor and it's a beautiful co-creative process. So thank you That's for being a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that perspective. I love that um, the way that you're choosing to navigate the experience of a, a podcast experience. Yes. Yeah. And being in the rhythm of it and in the spontaneity of it. It's beautiful. Well, thank you. Yeah. And on that note, we'll just, <laughs> yeah. well, that, that was a nice little icing on cherry on top of the, of the episode. Thank you so much, Nina, for coming on. It was an honor to have you on. And I'm sure so many of us got a different perspective and are interested in learning more and all of your links will be in the show notes for people to check you out if they want to get a reading or learn more. Um, but we end the show the same way every week. How, how may we, the listeners, as a huge act of gratitude, be of service for you and return today? It would be such an honor if every single one of you listening to this right now could just tell somebody that you love them to just reach out to somebody. If you don't have someone in your immediate sphere, send someone a message, get on the phone, do whatever you need to do, but just tell someone that you love them. I love that. And, and I love you. <laughs> I love you. Yeah. <laughs> what a beautiful way to, and, and one affirmation that I've been telling myself on that note is how much love can I experience? Oh, yeah. So receiving, but also giving, just how much love can I experience? And when you start asking yourself those questions, your brain picks that up and you start to see more of it in your life that's already been there. Totally. Yeah. Yep. What oh. a beautiful practice or Thank question you. to ask yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, Lauren. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's so good. And remember, open up, surrender, trust, and let your body lead the way. <laughs> <laughs>